Welcome to Lose Lips, all the things you wanted to say but didn't know how to say it. Today's topic is, what happens if China collapses? There has been a lot in the news lately on the economic turmoil that China is in, with failing corporations, high unemployment, businesses pulling out of the country. So what is really going on in the country that normally is very closed-mouthed about their happenings? Now, China's collapse would trigger a global economic crisis, as China is the world's second largest economy and a major trading partner for many countries. China's collapse would also disrupt the supply chains and markets for many goods and services, such as electronics, clothing, and energy. Think about it. Even though their products are inferior, many, many countries order from China due to their low prices. Now, China's collapse would also create a humanitarian and security disaster, as China has a population of over 1.4 billion people, many of whom would face poverty, hunger, disease, and violence. China's collapse would also destabilize the region and the world, as China has nuclear weapons, territorial disputes, and geopolitical rivalries with many countries, such as the U.S., India, Japan, and Taiwan. There are so many people in China, this would be a catastrophe. Even with the aging population and the less birth rate that is occurring, it would still spell disaster. Destabilization would definitely occur because with a weakened state, disputes would wreak havoc on neighboring countries, as well as countries that have a stake in what they produce. I mean, think about it. China is already looking at taking back regions from Russia and their weakened state. If China became weakened, what would stop other countries looking into taking property from and regions from China? Now, China's collapse would reshape the global order, as China is a major power and a leader of the developing world. China's collapse would create a power vacuum and a leadership gap, and would challenge the existing institutions and norms of the international system. China's collapse would also open up new opportunities and challenges for other countries, such as the U.S. and Europe and the emerging markets. Now, what is the significance of the Evergrande failure in China? Now, the Evergrande failure is a significant event that has implications for China's economy, consumers, and the global financial system. Now, Evergrande was the world's largest real estate developer with a debt of over $300 billion. It defaulted on its payments and filed for bankruptcy, triggering a crisis in China's property sector and a loss of confidence among investors. Some of the consequences that can occur with the Evergrande failure are a global economic crisis. Now, Evergrande's collapse could affect the supply chains and markets for many goods and services, such as also electronics, 
closing and energy as Evergrande was actually a major trading partner for many countries. It could also cause a credit crunch as banks and other lenders may be reluctant to lend money to other risky borrowers or sectors. We see this happening now and there is more to come. There is already a lot of panic in China over this. The humanitarian and security disaster. Now Evergrande's collapse could create poverty, hunger, disease, and violence of millions of people in China who bought property from Evergrande, worked for the company, or even its suppliers. It could also destabilize the region and the world as Evergrande's collapse could escalate the tensions and conflicts between China and its neighbors, such as the U.S., India, Japan, and Taiwan. It would be shaping of the global order. Now, Evergrande's collapse could also challenge the existing institutions and norms of the international system, as Evergrande was a leader of the developing world and a major power. So, when I was actually reading about the Evergrande um, bankruptcy, I asked myself, oh, why do the Chinese put everything they have in real estate? There are so many possible reasons why the Chinese invest heavily in real estate, depending on their economic, social, and cultural factors. Now, some of them are, they have limited investment options. The Chinese have limited alternative investment options, such as stocks, bonds, or gold, due to the underdeveloped or volatile financial markets. The strict capital controls or even the low interest rates. Real estate in China is seen as a safer and more profitable asset class, especially in the long term. Rising demand and prices. The Chinese have experienced a rapid urbanization and income growth in the past decades, which have increased the demand and prices for housing. Real estate is seen as a necessity and a status symbol as well as a hedge against inflation and currency depreciation. There's also a cultural tradition. The Chinese have a strong cultural tradition of owning property, as it is considered a source of wealth, security, and stability. Buying property is also associated with life events, such as marriage, childbirth, or retirement. The Chinese also like to bargain for property, regardless of their income level, as it is a common practice in China. So what is the actual economic situation in China right now? Now, the economic situation in China is challenging and uncertain as the country faces a slowdown in growth, a crisis in the property sector, and external pressures from the pandemic and trade tensions. Some of the main indicators and issues are growth. China's economy grew by 5.2% in 2023, exceeding the government's target. But most economists expect a deceleration this year and next as domestic and global demand remain weak. Property. China's property market, which accounts for a third of its wealth, is in turmoil as the collapse of Evergrande 
the world's largest real estate developer, triggered a crisis of confidence and liquidity among investors, lenders, and consumers. Property prices have plunged and many projects have stalled or defaulted. Trade. China's trade performance has been mixed as the pandemic and the supply chain disruptions have affected its exports and imports. China's trade surplus with the United States has widened despite the partial trade deal signed in 2020 and the trade tensions remain high. These are some of the main aspects of the economic situation in China, but they are not going to be the only ones. There are going to be other factors such as the government policies, the consumer behavior, or even the financial markets that also influence the outlook and the risk. So why does China refuse to admit there is a problem? Now, China has national pride and legitimacy. China's leaders may be reluctant to admit any mistakes or weaknesses, as they may see it as a threat to their national pride and legitimacy. They may also fear losing face or respect in the eyes of their people and the world. It also lands them in the sights of other countries looking to pounce on what they see as weakness. Political stability and control. China's leaders may be concerned about the potential consequences of admitting any problems or failures as they may trigger social unrest, public discontent, or political opposition. They may also want to maintain their tight control over the information and the narrative. But this is not feasible at the moment as the Chinese already know there is a problem and more and more citizens are becoming vocal regarding not only the collapse, but in the economy in general. Economic development and global influence. China's leaders may be motivated by their economic development and global influence goals and may not want to admit any issues that could undermine their growth or competitiveness. They may also want to avoid any sanctions or pressures from other countries or organizations. So with all of this, what does China need to do to get back on track? They need to adjust their zero COVID strategy. Some critics argue that China's strict and rigid approach to containing the coronavirus, which involves lockdowns, mass testing, and travel restrictions, is hurting the economy and the society. They suggest that China should adopt a more flexible and pragmatic strategy, such as living with the virus, vaccinating the population, and reopening the borders, supporting the property sector. Some observers warn that China's property market, which accounts for a third of its wealth, is in turmoil, as the collapse of Evergrande, the world's largest real estate developer, triggered a crisis of confidence and liquidity among investors, lenders, and consumers. They recommend that China should provide more financial relief and policy support to the property sector, such as easing the debt limits, lowering their taxes, and boosting the demand. Reforming and restructuring the economy. Some experts advise that China should use the current crisis 
as an opportunity to reform and restructure its economy and to shift from construction-led development to consumer consumption-driven growth. They proposed that China should implement more market-oriented and innovation-friendly policies, such as reducing the state intervention, opening up the sectors, and improving the governance. With all that is going on in China, it is obvious that they are in a serious predicament. The unemployed, the real estate floundering, and it is obvious that when a third of your GDP is based on real estate, that is a problem, a serious one. It won't be easy for China to overcome their problems right now because they have always had such strict controls on what the government handled and what the people could handle. It is obvious now that there are serious issues that need to be addressed. It is a waiting game at the moment to sit back and watch what happens. As a developing nation, it is only so long you can keep the people suppressed before they rise up and throw you out. This not only goes for China, but for other developing nations as well. Think Cuba, Russia, Venezuela, etc. We will just have to see. Just sit back and watch and wait. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening to Lose Lips. Until the next time.